as a fish. The group of friends gathered around a fish bowl at a dinner party. Did you ever think you would have a fish? No, I really never did. <laughs> Why? Because Are you giving your fish away to Anne? I thought it was a stupid pet when I got it, but now I like it. I like it as a gift, but I would never buy one. She can't pet it. Because I feel bad Can't for it. In the, it's not in the ocean. <laughs> But it's a freshwater fish, man. Well, then I feel bad that it's not in a pond or something. It's like sits there all day. It doesn't so hear me. That, like, because it's not a domesticated Well, it pet. doesn't provide love, and I don't, you know, I say hi to Wait, it. Wait, it but... kisses? No, it doesn't. It's a fighter fish. <laughs> How does it kiss? We just don't hear the noise. I sat at that dinner party with my eyes closed, trying to imagine where, back home in South Africa, I could sit at a table like this one and enjoy a perfectly lucid, completely absorbing, entirely natural conversation about a pet fish. I felt very alienated from the level of pet discourse that seemed to be second nature to everyone there. They were talking about pets' gender awareness and pet suicide and pet feng shui. They were talking about pets as if they were people. And all I could scare up was my very functional childhood dog and the plastic wind-up goldfish my sister once mailed me by way of a practical joke. I went home from dinner that night feeling much more foreign than when I'd arrived. When I was growing up, we simply weren't equipped for this level of petting. Sure, I can appreciate the zany hilarity of movies like Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and it's not an impossible cultural leap for me to understand the phenomenon of nurturing cults like Beanie Babies and Tamagotchis. But when pets stop becoming an extension of our personalities, I must not be entirely socialized here yet. The pet compulsion is a symbol of my foreignness. So I must find the key to a pet subconscious. I'm on an odyssey that begins in the class of Todd the dog trainer, trainer of domestic dogs, a clever anagrammatic echo of his name. Okay, turn your backs on your dog, don't look at him. Dogs don't know I'm a dog trainer, even though my clients think they do. They really don't. They have no clue. Um, what dogs know is I don't negotiate, and I never ask them to do anything if I can't make them. And if they're off-leash, I probably won't ask them to do anything. Um, and so to be a dog trainer, to me, all you have to do is be a dog owner. And it's, from that point on, it's just a state of mind. And if you're convinced your dog won't listen to you, it won't listen to you. But people tell you that about their children also. And so I can show up once a week for an hour with very little contact with your dog, get him to balance your checkbook and I can leave and your dog will convince you that he can't count. And this, most people just have very low expectations of their dog. And I think a lot of that, again, is guilt-driven. They want me to beat their dog up, whip it into shape, give it a pill, wave my magic wand, and create Lassie. And they just don't understand it's a bonding thing. And I think just like kids, dogs want to know what the rules are. They really do. Pick up your leash, Caroline. Caroline, pick up your leash. Take your dog with you. Todd spends as much time training the owners as he does their dogs, and he is busy round the clock. The United States is home to more pets than children. In 53 million households across the nation, America's pet owners take care of 54 million dogs, 59 million cats, and an exotic range of scaly, furry, finned and feathered creatures. There are the lunatic fringe pamperers and the celebrity owners of celluloid pets. There are the abusers and the abandoners and the rescuers. And then there are the ordinary, everyday, middle-of-the-road pet owners, feeding, exercising, grooming, and talking in baby talk without even realizing it. 
Can I meet you? Huh? Yes. You're such a pretty boy. Todd, the dog trainer, is skeptical of taking this infantilized approach too far. I knew a lady who would warm her dog's food up in a microwave so he could eat it. And she literally said to me, he likes it that way. And my response to that is, did he tell you that? Because we're the only animal, human, that cooks our food. That's it. This dog did not walk up to you with his dog bowl and say, would you heat this up for me? And um, you're also, I think, doing something to the dog that's not natural. They don't cook their food. And um, so she now has this dilemma, well, where does she go when she goes on vacation? Can she take her dog? Because nobody's going to treat him like a human. Well, he's not human. But there is big business in catering to human projections. When I was a child, the pet store meant rows of dimly lit fish tanks.